You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. A special stripe. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank yeah. you, Tom. You're just delicious. This <laughs> is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you by Brad, Sean, Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had Kostaki Economopoulos on with the NFL playoffs on the horizon. Who better for the best of next? Corgi. Yeah, yeah, baby. Who's got long legs? Birch. For having Corgi in him. Birch, he has long legs. Yeah, yeah. We were... yeah that's true. Cor... Yeah, Corgi's got short legs. Well, he's basically a shrunk down lab body because of the Corgi. And then he has the Corgi coat and a Corgi personality. He's a really good dog, though. He is a very good dog. We got oh, lucky, Birchie? lucky, lucky. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is a very laid back dog. Yeah, he's yeah. A good no dog. question about it. Yep. There's no getting around. So, what else is new? We just. Uh... We, Bella, I was just watching the, I was watching the video of, uh, uh, we're putting our house on the market, and I just watched the video of it. It's, I'd buy that house. I'll tell you, just watching the video, I'd buy it. So. Did you see the video of but the dog sledding? Did. No. Like the dog pulls no. the sled up the hill and goes down it on all four paws, and then does it again. <laughs> he bring, what? He, I swear, it's like an oh Aussie God. type dog. It's like an Aussie Shepherd or something. The video just, I just saw it this morning. No, but I did see the boyfriend girlfriend that OD in their cars. 
Oh, Jay. thanks, Nick. No, no good. Uplifting. Oh, nice. Go from sledding dog. That's to very uplifting. Well, it, was a, it was a couple, couple from Blaine who drove down to North Minneapolis to score heroin, and they both sat in the car and shut up, and they both died in the car. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that God. happens. Uh, they find out who sold them the heroin? No, but there was a lot of, there was multiple ODs this week. Another girl died in her house. All, all, well, yeah, between, uh, all between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, because well, that's because they're you know they're depressed because they don't have anything, any family or anything, so they shoot up extra hard and. Yeah, it's strange that it's fun a couple though that both OD at the same time in the same car. Yeah, that's been suicide. North First, North Fourth Street, North oh, Minneapolis. Where on North Fourth Street? Rather close. Uh, don't know the exact address. I'm sure you could pull up the story up online. God, uh, was it downtown? Or no, was it north, a, was north it side. Across? North side. Well, so it was definitely, well, downtown is the north side. Well, um, but where the you north, are but right it now. was north, north side. Oh, north, north Minneapolis. North, side. north Minneapolis, north. yeah. Yeah, because I lived on 6th Street North, on 22nd and 6th Street. Yeah, if you just find, for, just for Google couple found dead in car from overdose, it comes right up. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, that's what so happens when you do heroin. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. That's what I understand, but except unless you're Keith Richards, of course, you can do as much heroin as you want well, and you live to be 80. I'm sure he has a much more reliable and expensive source. Well, yeah. right, that's the problem right. in Minneapolis right now. You don't know if you're getting heroin or fentanyl. And mm. Yep. Fentanyl is so much stronger right now. I'm surprised they haven't come out with like a little thing that you can like Test put it. a drop on and yeah, it'll tell you. Yeah, that's what they should do. Exactly. How is, let's do yeah, that, How Andy. is that not like let's market a thing? That. We should market that. Let me ask you guys a question. You guys might know this because I, I don't know this. Would you tell me what has to occur in your brain to get in your car with your girlfriend or your wife, drive to an area you know nothing about, buy something from someone that you don't know anything about, uh, you look at the subs and go, boy, this is a white powder. It could be anything. I think I'll put it in my veins. Yeah, good enough for me. I, I think in that case... When it's a couple like that, that sounds like it might have been suicide. You think so? I don't think it, so. it is weird for two people to OD at the same time. I think it's they just got weird. a Unless, bad batch. Yeah, they might have just gotten like just basically pure fentanyl, which if you take anywhere near as much as you take like a standard heroin dose, then yeah, you're, right, you're not dead. coming back from that. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably a fentanyl thing, but... Yeah, that's that is one thing is knowing that it could be fentanyl. It's just how is that worth it? I think in the story it says that the girl would co- commonly travel to North Minneapolis to score heroin. Oh God, you just don't want to do it. You know, I, I again, I how do you buy something from someone you don't even know and then inject it in your veins? What are you thinking? Yeah, it would be I think different. Generally, like, young know, heroin addicts aren't really clear thought process that doesn't really go together i i gotta be honest with you though i i was a young guy in north minneapolis i would never have thought of doing that oh it's an epidemic right yeah. now an epidemic it is an epidemic that's true that is true the pills i get heroin i don't get because heroin will kill you and it well, kills what, people routinely what happened andy is that the pills were so easy to get and now they stopped you from getting them so they have these people who are addicts, and now they have to buy heroin. Yeah, they did. They did really have a knee-jerk reaction to the pills thing, and now it's like you can go in there with your leg just got blown off by a landmine, and they're like, oh, I don't know, try some Tylenol first. Yeah, they I won't give you anything you. anymore, which is ridiculous. I just typed in heroin deaths recently in North Minneapolis. 
There are about 7,000 stories. Heroin's very, very easy to OD on. God. Epidemic in in Minnesota. Epidemic. It is. It absolutely is. Twin Cities heroin dealer. Twin Cities heroin dealer. Twin Cities. Yeah. Kostaki heroin dealer that we all know. They're saying that they they put elephant tranquilizer in it last year. Well, that's fentanyl is... I mean, elephant tranquilizer is a nonsense term, but... Fentanyl could be used for that, yeah. Kostaki Economopolis, quick snaps. How you doing, man? What's the matter with these kids today? Can't they drink 13 Budweiser's like we used to? Really? Life? Yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> well, Kostaki, have you ever considered going into my old neighborhood, buying heroin from someone, and I don't know what this is, but I'm going to put it right in my bloodstream? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't consider I, that. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't understand how you talk yourself into that. Yeah, I think I agree with the prior premise of when you're in that situation, you've already made so many bad decisions. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're not thinking like clearly. If I die, that's not the worst thing in the world, so hey. All right. right. What is what is fentanyl? There's similar. It's it's another form of the molecule. Same basic thing. Is stronger or weaker than I fentanyl? I think it's stronger. It's carfentanil's even stronger? Carfentanil. Good god. As a grown-up, I would like to recommend to the kids today uh, three glasses of wine. It's the perfect thing. What do you want in life? (laughs) You think it's the perfect thing? Carfentanil is is 100 times more potent. Four is a hangover. Three glasses of wine. It's perfect. A little Netflix. Mm, I would think so. Hang out with the wife. Yeah, that that used to be my life. Thanks for bringing it up. Way to go. (laughs) No, you three glasses of wine was not a normal person, three glasses of wine. What are you talking about? Just because normal person, um, yeah, a normal person after three glasses of wine is like calmer and happier, and you were like all over the freaking place. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I was a ball. Okay, I was a ball, Uh, and let's admit it. Maybe for other drunk people, but I could see Tom Tom being pretty fun on three glasses of wine. No. Yeah, come on. No, it's terrible. What do you mean? (laughs) What? Thanks for coming on, Kostaki. You got my <laughs> family turning against me. Way I to love go. it. I love it. This is the second time in like three calls we've had this kind of moment. <laughs> the family's it's like, sad. Oh. Your family but, turns on you pretty quick, Tom. Oh, there, there's no question about it. It's unbelievable. It, it's fun for me because, you know, in the real you know radio universe that I live in, you're a big shot. But on this show, you're just another dude. <laughs> Complete nobody. Yeah. It's true. You're just the dad to make fun of. <laughs> Honest to God, I was talking about that this morning because I didn't know this. I had no idea. There was an article in one of the big trade magazines. I don't know which one it was or whatever. But the KQ Morning Show has been the highest rated morning show in the United States for 32 years. Is that right? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. nobody's ever, like, especially when I go to, like, Negotiate a new contract. Nobody ever brings that up to me. Well, that's your job. As long job. as we're kissing your butt on Really, that's your job. Is it, <laughs> is it also true that it was the highest uh, percent of listeners of any show in North America? Is yes. That, that was true, too? Minnesota, Minnesotans took to the show, and then to this day, they're just unbelievable. Our listeners are amazing. That's they just are. They, they get it. How far of a reach does, does that show have? How, does it go into to, uh, Wisconsin and North Dakota? And- 50 miles, I think? No, it's 100. Oh, 100 miles. miles. 
In either direction. So basically 200 miles north to south or east to west. It's about 200 miles. But now with digital and the and the KQ, that's the one problem I have with this show is that everybody thinks the KQ podcast is the Tom Bernard podcast. Yes, they do. Because even though we don't call it the Tom Bernard show, it's the KQ morning show, they think it is the Tom Bernard show. Right. So that's the one thing I battle with this podcast. It's like, no, that's completely different. Right, right, so I'm thinking right. of changing the name of this to the Andy and Alex Stabbed Their Dad in the Back podcast. <laughs> I was going to say we should change the name. It's pretty... It's, uh, you might want to run that by a focus group. It's a little cumbersome, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's too cumbersome. So you get 400,000 downloads a month, and you think it's a good strategy to change the name? <laughs> yeah, Is that let's right? change the name now. That's amazing. Well... Yeah, but I mean, I, I guarantee you by the time Apple gets done screwing around with the download thing, it'll have about four. And I've I always. 400,000, it'll have about four. I've always yeah. thought that the intro of the show should be you saying your name and then playing and the rest, like from Gilligan's Island. That's a great idea. <laughs> well, There's a couple no people get their it. name said in Gilligan's Island. Yeah, a couple people do, and then yeah, it's like, and the rest. And like, the rest. there's three more people that they're like, eh. Right. So you're Ginger no, and me no. and Nick are the rest? Is yeah. that the way it plays out? I just, got, I, just got, <laughs> I just got and more. Yeah. In, in some yes, thing Speaking I of the morning show, can and I come more. in next week? I'm in town. I'll be there. Let's, let's play radio. Can, am I invited? Can I, I invite think you're myself? A, no, please stay I away. I don't think there's any question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> please please right. stay away. There's no, there's no, All right, there's I no parking here, so. That's why I do this on air, just. Just in case there is that. Was, no, you, you can't, can't say it. Well, now we have to say yes. Well, there, right. is, there is no parking here, so you have to walk about a mile in 20, minus 20 degree weather. Well, Nikki lives in Manhattan. There's no cars allowed in Manhattan. Right. True. That's true. And it hasn't been exactly nice in New York either. And this might be the first time I come from New York to Minneapolis and it's warmer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> nah, it's not going to happen. Don't get your hopes up. I'm going to make a comment here, Kostaki, and you would understand this as an Atlanta Falcons fan. Oh, yes. And I do think that Atlanta will, will eventually beat Philadelphia if that's the route it takes. Oh, uh, okay. Your first, uh, your first uh, game is against who? We're at Rams Saturday night. Oh, you're at time. L.A. That's right. Yeah. Primetime at the L.A. Rams. Uh, they're a pretty good team, but that whole team is girly, don't you think? Yeah, right. So mean, that he is unbelievable. That's my cheat to myself. Even if the Rams win, there's still a bulldog who's doing very well. I'm rooting for that. But um, here's the deal. Because I knew that Sam Bradford was going to get hurt, because we all knew he was going to get hurt, and that yeah. Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to ever be ready to go again, because he won't ever be ready to go again, that we were going to end up with a third-string quarterback, I thought the Vikings would go about 6-10 and 10 this year. That yeah. makes sense, right? you got your third third-string guy starting. Right. So no matter what happens, if they win, it's going to be fantastic. The more you got three games left, possibly. If they win all three games, they win the Super Bowl. Tom, don't say It'd it. Tom, don't say it. Yeah, it's great. I'm rooting for that. I what? mean, if, if it can't be my team, that's the best story. Oh, no, I love no, no, journeyman quarterback. <laughs> I think. It's but great. as as a lifelong as a lifelong fan, I will say this: that. It's been such a pleasure to watch the Vikings play football this year because I didn't think they were going to be any good at all. So it's just, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's all great. Every game has just been fantastic. It's all great. It's all great. All of it. I can't it's watch wonderful. them, so thanks. Look at you coming around enjoying the football season. That's nice. I'm well, I've been a Viking fan since I was nine, so why wouldn't I be crabby? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, hey, a Falcons fan my whole life, too. <laughs> hey, I don't. Okay, I don't here's usually... what we're going to do. All right. You don't usually what? 
I don't usually mention college football, but I have a quick question for you. How about them dogs, huh? Georgia, Georgia? and Alabama. Right. My team against the sp- Patriots of college football. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do, they do lose once in a while. Going forward, can we have the Georgia coach give the halftime speeches to the Falcons? Because whatever he said was <laughs> way better. Um, yeah, that's true. Here's a stat that blew me away. Eight of the 12 teams in the NFL playoffs this year weren't in last year. Wouldn't it be nice if Netflix did that this year with comedy specials? I'm asking for <laughs> I'm just asking. i got to uh, be honest with you, Kostaki, and this is something I'm very serious about. Most of those specials are not funny. <laughs> oh, my God. I watch those Netflix specials like, this isn't funny at all. The Chappelle ones are so good. That makes up for some of yeah. the ones at the bottom of the range. But I, yeah. I mean, Netflix. Sometimes, sometimes you watch them and you go, hmm. How did they, how they pick this guy from the pile? You know, I have a little. Bit Netflix of... seems to be going for quantity over quality yeah, right they now. Are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. In uh, any case, it's time for quick snaps. No, it's In just not. a couple of, <laughs> if you let me finish, for Christ's sake, <laughs> it's time for quick snaps. In just a couple of minutes, we'll be right back. More with Kostaki Economopoulos and quick snaps. Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. I've seen the needle and the damage done. A little part of it in everyone. But every junkie's like a setting. That was Kostaki Economopolis talking football and heroin as usual. Coming up next, talking some Scandinavian specialties. On the best of. Drinking again. I'm having a view. <laughs> what are you playing? Drinking again. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> thinking of oh. when. I saw, I saw us in the piano bar in Duluth. You did? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was seeing after that, with that music. Piano bar in Duluth. I like that. Piano bar in Duluth at, the, the, at Fitgers or wherever. Yeah. That works for me. Um, you guys, I, I heard you during the break. You were talking about uh, Better Late Than Never. Yes. With uh, Shatner and who else is on it's, it? It's, it's Henry uh, Winkler. Foreman. Henry Winkler, George Henry Foreman. Winkler. Uh, William Shatner and Terry Bradshaw, and then this and Jeff, Terry Bradshaw, yeah, Jeff Day or something like that is this comedian's name that goes with him. What I have not seen it. I've seen the promos for it. I've not seen the show. Is it a good show? I love it. it. To me, it's funny. It's it's kind of a grumpy old men on the road, but they're not playing characters. They're themselves. And as Ralph brought up, you you can tell there's some scripted elements to it, but they keep trying to right. put them in places where. They're going to be the odd fish, you know, and uh, they, they just take him in to try new cultures. And Terry wanted to connect with his Viking heritage, so they took him to Sweden. And there was a Viking ritual party that they went to, and they had to do all these different tests. And, and, and Bradshaw's failing miserably through it. But uh, at one point, they're like, well, we got you got to try some of the local fare. 
got to try some of the local food. So they bring out the cans of lutefisk. No, it's not lutefisk. It's that, uh, right, it's but that I can't, it, preserved Viking uh, fish. That's, yeah. Yeah, but it's basically lutefisk, right? Isn't that the same thing? Stinky fish that they they no. This is this ferment. Is, this is a fermented product yeah. that has. A, you don't mean surstroming, do you? Yeah, yes, that's, that's what it's it. called. Yeah. Oh God, surstroming is <laughs> yeah, one of the worst things on earth. Bradshaw it? opens it's, it's it up. It's literally fermented fish. It's uh, it's what it's so bad that. I know they won't allow it on airplanes. Right. <laughs> that, <laughs> that durian. They, they said when they bring out the cans, they're looking at it, and Bradshaw goes, it looks like a can of tuna. How bad can it be? And they give him the can opener, and he oh. pops it, and the juice sprays on his shirt. Sprays, And he yep. starts gagging, oh. and he has to get off camera, oh. and he's, like, dry heaving, and he's walking around going, it's oh. following me. And then he goes, it's on my shirt. It's in my hat. Oh. And, uh, and what's great is there's a scene where Shatner just pops one in his mouth. He's talking, and to his credit, he'll try everything on these shows. It's great. And he just reaches in, he takes the fish, and he's talking, he just pops it. And then they pan over to one of the cameramen, and the camera guy just starts hurling right there. And then he grabs another one, and he starts chasing Bradshaw down. Mind you, Shatner's like 88 years old. And, and yeah. he chases Bradshaw ends up hitting the ground. He goes, I'm never going to live down. I just got sacked by an 80-year-old Shatner. And he's trying to, <laughs> trying to make him eat the, the fish. But it was uh, oh, it's a great show. It's so but fun to watch them interact with each other and interact with the people that they come in contact with. But that's a standard YouTube challenge is to open the can and eat a piece yes. of it. Yeah. A lot of vomiting. Yes, a lot of vomiting. Yeah. Yep. It's true. I've seen people vomit just smelling it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what everybody at the table is sitting there gagging. <sighs> During, and even as Bradshaw's re, reiterating it and talking about it, and he's like in the studio doing those little in-between vignettes, he'll start talking and he starts going, whoa, whoa, and he goes, I can't do this. <laughs> he just keeps stopping himself. The best part is you can't eat it indoors because if any of it gets on any carpet or anything, you have to replace that carpet. It's really? like can't really? pee times a million. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> never getting it out. <laughs> and even the tiniest little drop. I remember there's this... Uh, British guy. He was one of like the original. He would eat things that have been expired for like forty years or something, oh, just to be like, oh. "Oh look, they haven't made this in seventy years or whatever." So, mm-hmm. um, but then one time, because people kept sending him surstroming, and he had like this uh, triple wrapped thing of surstroming in a bunch of different Ziploc bags, and he's like, "I'm never opening surstroming. I'm never going to eat surstroming." One guy in my uh, apartment building spilled some in the hallway and they had to like close off the hallway and replace everything in it because the smell would not go away it's like the bo card yeah. uh, seinfeld yeah exactly so, so yeah you, you so we don't, should don't we should just fly place. over warring nations and drop open cans on them is that the deal there you I go i like it yeah. I like it. That's a great idea. Yeah, no. Andy, what is it? It's fermented fish. But Ferme- it's, fi- it's fish that's essentially that? rotting. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm assuming because 10 trillion years ago, the only way to eat the fish was to like rot it so bad that even the bacteria couldn't live on it. Mm, I think I might rather die of starvation. I'm yeah. not sure. I think when, well, when you guys... Well, that's pretty much what all like, you know, um, acquired tastes are from, where they'll soak it in lye or ammonia or whatever. Right. They yeah. did that because... The alternative was eating bacteria-ridden food. Oh. So. I think I think we should start doing that when you guys are uh, here with us. We should uh, every Tuesday. I'll bring in some strange food. We should all have to try. Can you do that right before we move studios? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's when I'll that's when I'll bring in the canned fermented fish. Oh, that's how to get out of a lease. That's one way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's There's a smell. We can't take it. Yeah, that can Somebody is. Somebody pr- opened a can of surstroming. Yeah, surstroming is pressure. The can is pressurized, so right. when you open it, it sprays. Yeah, it, it outgasses. Yeah. While it ferments. Oh. 
Yep. Oh, <laughs> it's probably like if I'm there's one food I'm never going to try, it's that. What? Why do they make it? I don't know. Because well, it's it, why a do they make lutefisk? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's still a tradition. Really and what do you do? You like pack it and lie and leave it out in the sun for a month or some ridiculous thing for lutefisk? Lutefisk, I think. Well, I know it's packed in lie, but I think with lutefisk, it's just packed in lie in a jar or something. Well, the um, the thing that you're thinking of is. I forget. It's Hakarl is what it is. It's Icelandic shark that they oh. bury out in the sun for a month. Yes, the putrefied yep, shark. Yeah, and then head it putrefies and then they eat it. Yeah. Why? Yummy, yeah. yum, yum, yum. Northern <laughs> cultures, I don't know, they've got horrible, well, the, horrible food. It, it just has to do with pre- pre- preserving things through the winter. I mean, you had to do yeah, something exactly. to preserve things through the winter, and you did whatever you yeah. could to survive. And that's well, Put that's them one outside. Of the, yeah, freeze. It's them. frozen. <laughs> Yeah, right? they and didn't quite understand the idea behind uh, refrigeration back then. Yeah, well, one of the apparently mo- not. one of the most uh, important of those is alcohol. Alcohol was the one thing that you could drink and get yep. calories from through the winter. Uh, that was completely safe to to preserve, and it was a, it was self preserving uh, item. So I so bought it. Pirates uh, were drunk all the time was because they put alcohol in their water to preserve it for the voyage. Yep, I would think that would be the, drinking all the time to avoid the smell from all of your uh, compatriots aboard the ship. <laughs> There's oh, plenty of water. You oh, could just. Oh. You could, I'm sure they could just like you know take a bucket of seawater and wash it off with that. I don't think they did that often. All the time, but <laughs> it yeah. says lutefisk is dried whitefish, normally cod, uh, treated with a lye. The first step is soaking the stockfish in cold water for five to six days, with the water changed daily. The saturated stockfish is then soaked in an unchanged solution of cold water and lye for an additional two days. Then the fish swells during the soaking. And its protein content decreases, <laughs> and it becomes a jelly-like consistency. When the treatment is when the, when the treatment is finished, the fish is caustic with a pH level of 11 to 12. To make the fish edible, a final treatment of yet another four to six days of soaking in cold water, which is also changed daily, is needed. Eventually, the lutefisk is ready to be cooked. It turns into a semi-fluid. Well, it says it's served in a gelatinous state. I think that's enough yeah. to make me go, it's, I'm it's out. It's like fish jelly. No. But why, though? What a weird thing, like, you know, just, I don't know, salt it or freeze it. Why do all this well, weird crap? Well, don't you look at it. See, I'm always blown away by all of these different kind of things. Like, who decided, you know, barley hops and water would create a, a, a drink and, and a beer that you could yeah. get inebriated on? Who thought, you know what, this fish might be better if I wrapped it in lye for two days and soaked it in water and then i i'm going to take the lye off then i'm going to rinse it for another six days in cold water I, the, the whole idea of how they create each one of these meals is astounding to me and sounds like accidents gone wrong right exactly they just ate it anyway yeah, a large number of olives that you eat are cured with lye really yeah really yeah you cure you put the olives in lye and it leaches it, it leaches out oh the the bitterness of it it's, they're not tannins they're only I forgot the name. Yeah, it starts with OE, Olino uh, Fins or something. Oleic? That, no, Oleic no, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a bitterness, and it leaches out much quicker in, in, the, uh, in the lye solution. And, it's, uh, and that's how they do it. That's how you get the bitterness out, and boom, olives, eating them. Yeah, but that's curing, not, you know, Well, that's what it is. You're, you're curing fish. Yeah, you're no, curing, you're curing fish. fish. Yeah. Fish isn't fermenting. You're curing it in some chemical. But where <laughs> do they get lye, you know, in the 11th century? That's, that's weird. That's strange. They uh, well lie in the 11th century. They just got out of like ash. Well, they used to, and they still ash. make soap out of yeah. lye, don't they? I think so. Lye soap. I don't yeah. think so often. But oh, they may they may they may they may use uh, ash with uh, 
a fat to make soap. So that's you know using that. Yeah, exactly. The other thing you, that's what it is. Yeah, soda ash. Soda so ash. You guys, you guys ever see this movie, uh, The In Laws? Peter Falk. Oh Alan yeah, Arkin. Alan Arkin. Sure, yeah. One of the greatest scenes in that movie is when they go to this uh, this Spanish nation somewhere in South America, and uh, Vincent. Oh God, what was his name? Vincent, uh, I cannot remember. He, he, you'd know him if you saw him, but he played the dictator. And there's a picture of him on the flag, the country's flag. It's a picture of him with a, a, a woman who's naked from the waist up. And Peter Falk says to him, oh, is that your that's a lovely woman? Is that your wife? He goes, no, it's a prostitute from the village. <laughs> <laughs> so they're having this chicken dish. Well, Alan Arkin... And the dictator having a chicken chicken dish, and Alan goes, "Oh, this is delicious! So, how do you how do you prepare this?" He goes, first you must marinate the pollo for three weeks." <laughs> and they ask Peter Falk, "Would you like some?" And he goes, "No, my uh, my doctor told me to stay away from all marinated birds." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I don't. I just. If, how long do you marinate something, Catherine? Like overnight? Oh, yeah, yeah. Days, right? overnight. Uh, some things maybe two days maximum. Now, what is the marinade? They, it just sucks it into the flesh or what? Well, yeah, it's either to flavor it or to tenderize it or both. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good idea. Richard well, Libertini. Richard Libertini, that's exactly what He played Vincent in, uh, in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's why I remind, remembered his name as Vincent. Yeah, he, he was in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. R- Richard Libertini. He was phenomenal. Yeah, he just on died Wednesday, in 2016, unfortunately. Yeah, he just died, right. Yeah. Exactly. He was a very, very funny guy. On Wednesday, Vice President Mike Pence will officially be, uh, welcome Doug Jones into the U.S. Senate, bringing to an end one of the strangest and most controversial elections in recent memory. And while Jones' former opponent, Roy Moore, is still refusing to concede the race... Alabama state election officials have released information about the more than 22,000 write-in votes. That's what beat him. Actually, Doug Jones didn't beat him. The 22,000 write-in votes beat him. That helped to dash his hopes. The man Moore beat in the Republican primary, Luther Strange, got some small revenge, beating all other writing candidates with 7,500 votes. The Guardian reports. Meanwhile, Lee Busby, a former aide to current White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, who was running as an independent, won the write-in battle in at least 10 counties. Other fantasy candidates, such as Attorney General Jeff Sessions, whose seat it used to be, uh, Jones and Moore were vying to fill it. University of Alabama football coach Nick Saban won votes, as did Lee Korfman, one of the women who accused Moore of trying to instigate a sexual relationship with her when she was just a teenager. And so did Sassy the Horse Moore. Sassy the Horse got votes, write-in <laughs> votes. That's the Horse Moore rode to the polls on Election Day. Some voters vented their frustration with the race by writing in neither and any other Republican, NBC uh, News reports, while others threw in their support behind celebrities, both human and animated, like Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse, SpongeBob SquarePants, Ronald Reagan, and Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, Alabama election law requires candidates to be living persons in order for write-in ballots to count. Well, <laughs> they have, a def- have some standards. They have a definition in the statute that says <laughs> what's a living person. The definition of a living person. Isn't that amazing, though, this Doug Jones will be a United States senator for, what, one year? Mm-hmm. 
Is that, and then he and then he has to be reelected, doesn't he? In two thousand eighteen, this year this year he has to be reelected, right? I think so. So basically, the only reason he won because it, it shocked the world that a Democrat won in Alabama, and they of course blamed it on Trump. When it, look, I'm not a big Trump supporter or anything like that. But it wasn't Trump's fault at all. It was the fact that this guy was such a psycho, this Roy Moore. Well, he did endorse him. Well, he endorsed him at the end to try to keep a Democrat from being in there. Yeah, That's why he did it. But still. But uh, the problem you got is that the reason he lost was because of the 22,000 write-in votes, people writing. Basically, they thought he was such a joke that they made the election a joke. This Doug Jones, there's no chance he gets reelected. I will make a bet with anybody on that. I was shocked to see that Alabamians voted in a a Democrat. They just don't do that anymore. They did it back in the 90s when everybody was hippy-dippy or whatever. I don't know. but And I certainly couldn't care less who gets elected to the Senate, the U.S. Senate in Alabama, whatever. Balance is good. See, what I like, my favorite, when you're talking about, about politics, I love gridlock. When no one can do anything. You get enough Republicans, enough Democrats, and enough independents where nobody can get anything passed, and they have to leave us alone. You know what I mean? Works for me. Except for it taxes. For me, they always really. seem to maintain increasing that. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to talk, talk to all you guys, you know, Catherine and all you guys, about this tax bill. I find it fascinating. And we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was a mere glimpse into the delicacies of the Scandinavian people. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the old vault. All the way back to episode number 291, September 23rd, 2013, with Viking greats Chuck Foreman and Eddie McDaniel. Next. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell a story about this guy. First of all, first year with the Vikings, Chuck. What was your first year with the Vikings? 1973. 1973 was my rookie year. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm older. Chuck Foreman, our very, very special guest. I'll tell you what kind of guy Chuck Foreman is. In 1973, um, I was at that time, I don't even know what I was doing. I was on, oh, you know what? I was on KSTP radio. But. You were a piss pot, I'm guessing. Well, thank you Can so I much for that. Can I say that on the radio? <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Um, in any case, uh, I'm walking through the IDS Center, and there was a bar on the second floor at that time, bar and restaurant, and this young guy I've been watching run the football like nobody I'd ever seen before um, was sitting at a table in the restaurant. And I walked over and I said, Mr. Foreman, it's really nice to meet you. I you know, stuck my hand out, shook his hand. He said, well, sit down for a second. So I sat down with him. You visited with me for about 15, 20 minutes. You were so nice to me. It was unbelievable. You, I'm sure you don't even remember that. But obviously, you know, you being Chuck Foreman, you were like, oh, and by the way, my nephew, Sean, said, please tell Chuck he's my favorite Viking ever. He was, he was my hero. But here's a guy, a rookie, uh, University of Miami. He's with the Vikings. We sat down and talked. I, there was nothing I could have done for you. 
you just gave me all the time in the world. I will never forget that, Chuck Foreman. I'll never, ever forget that. Well, I certainly appreciate it, Tom. And, of course, we all know all you do here in town, and it's very much appreciated. Well, I tell you, well, luck, I, luckily, Chuck and I have a, a mutual friend, Scott Foster. He's a great, yep. great guy. So I'm sitting in, uh, sitting in another restaurant. This is now about... <laughs> six months ago and I had not seen Chuck in a long time and we sat down and we talked again it was just Chuck and I had gotten to know each other over the years now don't get me wrong mostly I think Chuck would go up to Philly Dog the Philip Wise at the Viking Games and go man how does Tom get away with that stuff he talks about (laughs) (laughs) not about it boy I tell you I couldn't understand that but you did and you do and you're the best best around well, see, to hear that from Chuck Foreman really means a lot to me. Wow. I, but, but I saw Chuck, and I hadn't seen him in a long time, but we sat and talked again. And, again, it was one of those situations you're just a very easy man to sit and talk to. We, we visited with Scott Foster, you and me, and you will remember this. The end of the conversation, Chuck and I stood up and hugged each other, and I was like, man, it's so great to see you. So it went from 1973, not even knowing you, but you give me all the time uh, in the world. Now, <clears throat> years later... <laughs> <laughs> I see Chuck Foreman, and it's 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 just always great. Chuck, Chuck, let me. This is Eddie McDaniel. Chuck, hey, Eddie, what's up, man? Uh, man, I'm gonna make a gentleman's <laughs> bet with you. Y'all just got yourself in the ACC, and y'all been playing terrible. Now I'm gonna make a gentleman's <laughs> bet with you for a dollar. Clemson will beat y'all this year. Eddie, I'm not gonna bet you a thousand because I don't have the kind of money you had. But I said a dollar. I said a dollar. A gentleman's bet, a dollar. Oh, oh, I thought you said $1,000. No, a dollar, a dollar, big Way fella, a much. dollar. My girl take all my money. She just leave me a dollar, so I, I only get that a dollar. Well, definitely, I'll, you definitely got to bet. Okay. Now, you know when we playing some good football now. I watch your, you guys down there. Of course, you guys have always been pretty good, but uh, I know Clemson's got a great team, but I think we can we can take you this year. Yeah, we haven't played. We haven't played anybody like the Gophers, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. They, you know, the, the Gophers been playing like DeVry Institute. They've been playing uh, uh, Phoenix University. House uh, of David. House <laughs> of David. No, St. Mary's School of the Blind. So, <laughs> and we've been doing the same thing, too. Yeah, now, we'll see how good the Gophers are in about three or four weeks. I think in that big 10. Yes, game. yes, yes, we will. Yeah. I will tell you this, a great thrill being on uh, Sports Radio 105, The Ticket. We did the show last Friday. Uh, I got in my car to drive home. I got 105, The Ticket on. I'm going, there he is, Chuck Foreman, doing play-by-play in football. It was great hearing you. Well, thank you, man. It was a great opportunity working with Wally Langfellow. Yeah. That's good football. It's some, we got some pretty good football players here in high school, whether you know it or not. So oh, absolutely. Keep some of those guys around. Maybe there'll be a contender for a national championship. Now, I was told by Scott Jamison, who is the the uh, operations manager of the ticket and KQRS and 93X, he said, Tom, we have this idea. We'd like you to uh, to do uh, some play-by-play with Chuck Foreman and Wally and maybe bring Eddie down there. We'd like you to do a home game at your alma mater, North High School. I said, let me get some bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you on that. <laughs> Chuck, but at the same time, you talk about universe. We can have we can have St. Thomas Stillwater to play at the University of Minnesota. I think we probably could get at least fifty thousand people. Oh there. yeah, we could get oh, a lot yeah. of people there. Yeah, I think so. just high school game. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And Lily. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the kid you were talking about on Friday night, Chuck? He had, like, neon green socks on or something. And uh, I forgot his name. Maybe I shouldn't uh, mention it, but he was with uh, Hopkins. He's they... very sharp. <laughs> sharp. I'm going to have to check him out. We've seen those guys that come out there and look really pretty when they get their uniforms on, but not talking about this kid in particular, but when they get to play, you know, they aren't that good. <laughs> but this kid, yeah, this kid was a good player, actually. But you yeah, kept talking. No doubt about it. The time I was listening to that game, you kept talking about, man, that kid is sharp. That kid is dressed sharp. He certainly was. <laughs> it was hilarious. So you still enjoy, well, I was going to say you still enjoy football, but it's got to be a little difficult right now. It, as a lifelong Viking fan and looking back at the Chuck Foreman days and watching somebody run the football in a completely different manner than I had ever seen in my life, I've been a Viking fan my whole life. This is difficult, Chuck. Oh, and three. I think it's very difficult, and I'm sure Eddie will agree that. Yes, uh, I do. <laughs> the overall football team is just not playing well at all. Um, and they keep talking about Christian Ponder. Uh, we we keep waiting for Adrian to turn it around, but as we all know, it's with the front that counts on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eddie played linebacker. I played running back, and. Those defenses line every, weren't that everybody. Out. He couldn't make those plays like he was making. Or me, I couldn't couldn't make the plays I was making without offensive line. So it's uh, it's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, Eddie wants yeah. Uh, Eddie's over there chomping it's, at the bit. Chuck, it's it's the offensive line. The offensive line, every yard Adrian get is he getting it by himself. It's not like back in the day when you could see um, uh, Emmett Smith at a Dallas Cowboy offensive line, and he's. You know, Dolphins line moving you down the field by like five to ten yards, and it's not back in the day when y'all was there. It's the offensive line. It's like pass coverage for the defense. It's a lot of stuff that's going on. Linebackers play pretty good this week, but it's it's like from one week to the next week, it's something that's going on, and nobody's doing anything right altogether. I don't think so either, Eddie. I think that there's a lot of work to be done offensively, defensively, and like you said, the linebackers uh, played well. Uh, defensive line did okay, but it just doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page, whether it's uh, the uh, special teams or offense, defense. they got a lot of work to do. How are they going to do it? I don't know, but uh, all successful teams don't make mistakes. When you make that many mistakes, you can't win. You can't win. Chuck, this, with this, you Chuck this is Don Shelby, and I just wanted to – uh, ask you whose fault that is because when you single out an individual player, as they did in the first two weeks, and say ponder is the problem, or you say the corners are the problem, or you might say the down linemen are the problem, but when uh, I've heard uh, six different uh, versions of a problem uh, from offense, defense, secondary, special teams, Whose fault is that? Is that the coach's fault then? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. a lot to do with individuals being prepared. And also, you have to say something about the coaching. I mean, just the overall picture is just not right. It just doesn't seem like they're all on the right page or the same page uh, to be a successful winning program over there. And I don't know what they're going to do to turn it around, but it's not just Christian. I mean, I see him running for his life uh, quite a bit back there. It's not just Adrian, because he's not getting the blocking up front. 
this is just the overall team who needs to sit down and reevaluate where they are and where they want to go and what they're going to do to do it. Chuck, I Chuck, I just Chuck, I agree with you on that, and uh-huh. I'm not saying that um, when you came up, it's a little bit different than when I came up. You know, I had Coach Green the entire ten years, and right. I know whenever we played preseason, the the starters we played the entire preseason. Nowadays, the starters don't even play a preseason. Then the Vikings want you to pay for their tickets and stuff like that, and they only play a during a quarter or a series. We played the entire four games, and Coach Green knew that my guys gonna play, and they're ready to start the first series of you know the first game of the season. Nowadays, right. now we got what wait the four games into the season for we know if they are ready. Now do do we have to wait for them? They're on the sidelines with no uniform on too, or just a half of a uniform. Yes, yeah. they're not even gonna play. So I agree with you on that. I think the players need to play the preseason. I know they worry about injuries and things like that, but you got to get ready. And the only way you can get ready is to have those guys on the field. And sit. So this is the product we get because they're not playing in the preseason. So right now, the first three games, pretty much their preseason. So they're still trying to figure yes. things out. Yes, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, to explain it to Alex, Catherine and my daughter, Alex, um, when at your age, at my age, your big hero, well, Jared Allen is your favorite player. Fact. Right? Fact. Well, Chuck Foreman would be when I was your <laughs> age, Jared <laughs> Allen. Yeah, one second, Other than one you, three games. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> so, Chuck Foreman, Chuck, you have to, you have to my meet my our daughter Alex. Because... Date me like that. What? Oh yeah, that's right. You're right, Chuck. I'm sorry. When I was uh, 44 years old, <laughs> back in your day. <laughs> but no, no, you all, you were, and always have been my favorite Viking player. Well, Eddie McDaniel's right. I appreciate that. Way to suck up, Tom. Now 50 players coming next week. But I will. I will tell you this. Back in those days, when watch you run that football, I mean the Vikings. Whew. That was a fun team to watch back in those days. Right on through Eddie. Eddie, the whole time you were there were fun to watch as well. But I, well, yeah, they had, they had a heck of a team back there. A lot of great leaders on Eddie's team, and he was one of them, of course. And he's what they call, what was the word? He was a mini linebacker. You know, was Eddie, what, 5'11"? Yeah, 5'11". 5'11". Okay, 5'9". <laughs> <laughs> I exaggerated a little He'll bit. He'll take 5'11". Okay, 5'9". He came in here and did such a great job for, what, 10 years? 10 years. 10 years. Yep. There you go. So no question about it. Yeah, it's not how big you are. It's what's in your heart. That's all it is. It's what's, yeah. it's what's in your heart. And a lot of these guys now don't seem like they have a lot of stuff in their heart, and that what gets me. And then they get mad at people that's spending a hundred, you know, ninety something bucks to seventy five bucks to a hundred some bucks on tickets, and they get mad. Oh, y'all don't understand. What <laughs> understand? We're paying your salary. Guess what? Get out there and play. Stop crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I don't see it, man. I just don't see uh, anything happening there right now that's going to make me think that they're going to be even better. Well, I agree I, with you on that. I don't, I don't understand it. So it, it may be a long year. Chuck, one of the uh, big headline stories coming out today is not a football story; it's a baseball story. That Joe Maurer will not be back for the start of the uh, season because uh, of the concussion. Oh now, God! Now I. <laughs> Now, I wanted to ask you about your position on the uh, NFL decision 
um, well, on concussions and the settlement. Uh, they're going to give us a lot more benefits, but the heck with the benefits. I want the cash. Chuck <laughs> Wentworth. Chuck. Chuck. What, what they don't understand, talking about concussion, he got a concussion every game. Hold on. Yeah. And Myra's talking about it. He got a mask on and everything. Talking about a concussion. $25 million. You better get out here and play. Yeah, <laughs> Chuck, what gives me. Such a wuss. Guess what? With the Vikings and everything, uh, we should be like this. Look here, Myra. I think you play foot uh, quarterback in high school. You need to come with the Vikings, and you could be our quarterback too. There you go. There you go. Guess what? You got to earn this twenty-five. You got to earn this twenty-five million dollars. And at the same time, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not playing, be on the cold beer, cold beer, cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> do something. I don't know how you get a concussion playing baseball. I don't understand yeah, it either. <laughs> you get hit in the he head goes with the straight, ball. He goes straight to the male clinic. Go straight to the male clinic. I knew he was tapping out there. I'm done. Out of body, so that's the, that's the twin for you right now. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Eddie, you you've been wussy. challenged. JB's in the chat, and he says you need to lay off his gophers. Oh, gophers. That's what he said. That's what he yeah, said. Yeah, no, oh, you were my. mean to the Gophers, Eddie. Yeah, you were talking about. Who did they play last week? You the said they were playing the Girl four, Scouts. The guy threw for 400 something yards last week. Lay off the Gophers. <laughs> That's just like Harrison. They talk, Everybody talking about Harrison that we drafted in the first round, thrown safety. Oh, yeah, he's a great. He'll hit you. Uh, your job is stop the pass. Okay? They've been throwing for 300 some yards on the Vikings for, for about like. For like ever since he's been here, he can't even figure out. The front seven stop the run. You stop the pass. (laughs) JB rebuttal. JB with rebuttal. Chuck, I do want want to put. Alex has a lot to say, but she's a huge Viking fan, and you said you have a lot to say. So awkward. Why? Why? Because you're talking to a couple of legends. I mean, yeah. by that I mean Don and me. JB's rebuttal was. JB's rebuttal was. It's a win, baby. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, there's a, a win. Is, a win is a win, mm, but yeah. at the same time, the Vikings don't have any of that. At the same time, my job is like I would tell Johnny. Johnny look at me and say, "Ed, I'm going to the quarterback." Mm-hmm. I'm like, Johnny, you go to the quarterback. Leave the running back alone. My job is to make tackles. His job is to make sacks. <laughs> a go. strong safety job is to stop the pass. It is. Hey, yo, the front <laughs> seven stop the run. If you have to come in to stop the run. We got problems up front. Yeah. Yeah. So no, his right. job you're is right. to stop the pad. Uh, you got yeah. him. In the, you drafted in the first round. Stop the pad. He got beat last week. He got beat this week. Hey, Harrison, you Chuck, my you my boy. You're gonna be good. You know he can hit you, but stop the pass. Chuck, don't you think that Alex sounds a lot like Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. I get that a lot. this round but the best of definitely is not playing for our lives over here with great clips from Kostaki Kanamopoulos Scandinavian Specialties Eddie McDaniel and Chuck Foreman thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next week